Live with CDP, a weekly sports and entertainment podcast, live on YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter, and on audio via Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Now here's your host, Chris Pame. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Live with CDP podcast on this Thursday, uh, May 5th, 2022, Season 3, Episode 34, and this is my 144th episode uh, total in two years. I'm really looking forward to my guest today. Her name is uh, Daniel Jaworski. She's a mindset coach, visibility consultant for women 40 plus, and she's also the host of the C-Suite and in studio on Rogers TV 20 in the Guelph, Kitchener, Cambridge area as well. So if you guys can bear with me, I'm looking forward to speaking to Danielle about her uh, uh, career and her some of her changes and uh, being with Rogers TV like I am as a volunteer. So uh, just bear with me, guys, and uh, I will bring her on. And uh, I really appreciate her coming on. And uh, just one second, I'm going to bring on Daniel Jaworski. I hope I got your name right. You did a great okay. job, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's one thing I'm working on. I want to always make sure I try to get my guests' uh, names right as well. Oh, no, you did. You did a very good job. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. How was your afternoon? How was your day? You know, it was a fantastic day. It's sunny outside here in Southern Ontario. I was able to take my dog out for a walk at lunchtime. It's just, it's great. I don't know what, what kind of how it feels for you, but it's spring. And I feel like it's this great season where there's, it feels like change. It's a season of change. And I feel like there's a lot of change happening and I'm really excited to see kind of what comes out of it. Yes. Uh, and we didn't really have much of a spring in April. So um, the weather hasn't been that great. So I guess it's hopefully it'll start improving soon. We did have one nice day a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago where it was 80 degrees and I actually wore shorts. Yes. And I even had sunscreen on. I got the back of my arms burned. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, how are things going with Rogers TV right now? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. We're actually just getting close to finishing off the end of the season for in studio, finishing up the last final tapings, and then we'll be on hiatus for the summer. Do you have any other projects you're working on? The summer? Not right. No, for the summer, it'll just be working uh, pretty much for that and just relaxing. My kids are home for the summer. We'll see what that pans out to be like this year. Cause again, it's that it's this first full summer now that we don't have like really the guises and all the, the the lockdowns with the mandate. So I'm really excited just to see what the summer holds and how it's going to be for everybody. Yeah. And um, I'm going to be having some changes this summer too. And, and the way I look at it, people look at change is scary, but sometimes changes is good for you. And you know what? Um, for a long time, I, I, I did big brothers for 16 years. I did the Guelph Humane Society for 10 years and I loved those experiences, but I moved on to uh, with Rogers TV uh, in the basketball league and some other stuff and, and change doesn't always necessarily have to be a bad thing. It can be a good thing. It can do something with your life. And that's what all these changes in my life lately have been, uh, uh, doing it. They've been positive changes. That's beautiful. And a lot of times, like, again, you can think of change as bad, but I like to look at the, the good side of changes. Change is growth. When you're experiencing change, it means you get to grow something is happening differently. So you have to think differently, you have to feel differently, you have to act and respond differently. And when all that happens, it means you're growing as a person. Definitely. And uh, like I said, I think I'm doing more living now in my late 40s and soon to be 50 in June than I did it in my 20s and 30s because I just didn't know, I couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. And I didn't have this platform that I I, I do have now. And uh, I also think I have come a long ways in two plus years since I, I started with Rogers TV and then doing the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, you have. And just it's a short period of time when you look back, just two plus years, you probably thought, wow. You probably started thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? How am I going to do this? But you've learned and you've taken those steps continuously to learn, to change, to potentially even have some failures, but then learn from that and continue to grow. 
Yes. And I've even had a few job interviews for radio stations. I don't think I got them, but at least I went through a digital interview, which I've never done before, a digital one. And I did a phone interview. So um, I just have to keep working away at it, grinding away. And and uh, this is something I want to pursue. And I know it's not going to be an easy road, but this is something I want to do. And what I like about Rogers TV is I'm learning stuff with them every time I, I do an outing with them. And same with my podcast. I learn from my guests all the time uh, when they come on and stuff. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm very much like you, where I think I've done the most living after 40. Definitely the, the most changes, the bold changes, transitions, really challenging myself. And at the flip side is like living and really feeling much more fulfilled in my 40s than I had in my 20s and my 30s. Absolutely. And one thing with this, uh, with being with Rogers and even my podcast, I've made a lot of contacts, which is great for what I'm trying to get into, but I've also made a lot of friendships too. A, a lot of wonderful people, uh, new friendships, and it's been nothing but a positive experience. Absolutely. It's just, it's great. It's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. You probably stepped out of your comfort zone at the very beginning thinking, how am I going to do this? But it just, how, like, you started to grow and do your work with Rogers and now you've expanded into podcasting. Did it feel much more natural to take those steps in growth than say, you know, previously in other careers that you've had? Uh, yes. What my story quickly was um, a couple of years ago, I was volunteering with the Gulf Nighthawks. They needed a camera operator during a game and I had never done it before, but I volunteered and they showed me what I needed to do. And after the game, they actually liked my work. They actually paid me 50 bucks. I'm like, what's this for? And and then uh, one of the volunteers with Rogers was with the Nighthawks, Steve Fay. And he said, if you're interested in getting into broadcasting, I can refer you to uh, Jordan Gruber, who was with Rogers in Kitchener in September 2019. And that's how I ended up with Rogers, doing something by accident, by chance, with the Gulf Nighthawks. And then... Uh, my first week with Rogers TV uh, doing the Storm Games, I didn't think I was going to last. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? I'm in over my head. But Neil White, the producer, and the crew were great with me. They, uh, they were very patient with me. And then just before the pandemic struck, Danielle, uh, what was that, March 2020 or just before then, yeah. I decided from doing my camera work, I wanted to start up my own podcast and – and um, the, the pandemic was terrible, obviously, for everyone, but it was also a blessing for me because it, it kept my mind occupied on doing something positive with my life instead of the negativity. And, and that's how I started my podcast. It wasn't very good when I started out and I couldn't get anybody to come on. But as soon as I started getting one person coming on, it led to others. Absolutely. So was that starting the starting point? I remember when I first started doing the C-suite. And I, I'm like you, no background in media broadcasting whatsoever. I had created, then pitched uh, the C-suite. And then I said I would host, never being on a camera like that before. And just, it was just, I, I look back to my first episode. So season one, episode one, segment one. And I go back and I watch it every once in a while. And I'll show it to some of my clients that I work with as well. It's all about that you're on a journey whether it is where your personal growth, professional development, you're on a journey where you are today is just where you are and where you are is where you have to stay. It's all point is that the fact that you want to keep moving forward. And when you're starting something new, you're not going to be perfect right off the bat. It's going to be awkward. You're not going to know what to do. You're going to feel awkward. You may look back and say, yeah, I, I definitely was showing that I was awkward. But the whole point is that you, you're continually moving forward and trying new things and taking feedback and growing at the end of the day you're growing and where you are today is nowhere close to where you are in you know your season one episode one but that's the whole point if you're not changing if, if you're not learning it means you're not growing and the whole point is if we are here to grow that's where fulfillment comes from that's where satisfaction comes from it's when you're growing and you have to do that from a place of change from overcoming your fear and just facing it right on and sometimes just taking risks and and that's what's going to happen with me in the next little while too, um, so I'm and I'm okay with it too, because uh, for for many years I was afraid to take risk, I was afraid to change, and I was complacent and uh, and and being lazy. And now I'm like, just a couple years ago, just having that opportunity. And uh, like I said, Rogers has been a great. Um, volunteer experience so far and i hope to be with them for a long time as well and i love hearing people's stories like yourself as well 
Wonderful. Yeah. I guess like we've done this in our 40s, 40 plus, you know, doing different things in our careers that we probably never thought that we were going to do before. I know I never thought I would be in broadcasting. I have a degree in microbiology. My career started off in a microbiology lab, very logical career growth. I'd like to change though. I changed my careers really often. Within the first few years, I was at job title number seven. And I remember my dad saying to me, you know, you should kind of slow down. What are you doing? He said, no, it's all about learning, growing, understanding, and then finding the next. What's the next challenge that I can apply what I've learned to keep growing? And I was on a path. I was climbing, climbing that ladder. And it was just interesting because it never it included broadcasting. I, again, degree in microbiology. I got into adult education and learning. I've been in manufacturing my entire professional career. So broadcasting didn't make sense. I had a fear of cameras. When I first stepped off the ladder, I turned 40 and I, I made the choice to, to really focus on myself and understand who I was, what I wanted to do with my career, what I wanted to be and who I wanted to be when I grew up. I stepped off the ladder and I explored entrepreneurialism and I failed in entrepreneurialism, your quote unquote textbook failure because I couldn't get clear on what I wanted to do. I really couldn't develop my voice. I didn't know who I was and I was afraid to put myself out there. I used to run from cameras. I would record videos. It would take hours to record a video that I would usually just delete anyway, or I would post it on social media and secretly cross my fingers, hoping that nobody would see it or comment on it. And from a visibility perspective, when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be seen, you have to put yourself out there, you have to be found and heard in order to be hired to do what you love to do. And so I failed. I failed at that because I couldn't be visible. I couldn't be comfortable with myself. I wasn't confident in who I was, how I looked. And so I had to return into that corporate world. And that decision and that those failures were the best failures ever. Because when I returned to the corporate world, it was always with the idea that I would once again step out. But it was with the commitment to myself that I would do things very differently when I did. So I would not repeat the same mistakes and that I would be successful sooner, faster, and with more ease and flow. And that's how I that's how I got into Rogers. Was just I I just had this idea when I returned to the corporate world of connecting these women's challenges, career challenges to these solutions, services, and support that women entrepreneurs provided that I connected with that I used during my years as an entrepreneur and I thought how can I connect these two worlds together because they need each other and how can we also create this platform for women for women to be seen our challenges to be seen and heard and again this platform for women entrepreneurs to to stand on so that they can be found and hired and that's really kind of my journey to the c-suite which doesn't make any sense they have microbiology lab to broadcasting it doesn't make sense but it felt so right it finally felt right that I was on purpose. I'm fulfilled doing it. And I honestly, it's when I feel so, some of the most alive is being on the show and interviewing guests and getting to share and promote them with, with their audience. That's great stuff. And I took law and security when I was in my twenties, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And everyone's like, take law and security. You did good in it in school. I took it, but I actually in my early nineties had a chance to go to broadcasting at Conestoga, but they didn't have this platform and all the stuff that I have now. And I just said, you know what? It might be too hard for me. So I just took law and security, but that was never really what I was meant to do. But you know what? I, in a way, uh, my current job has helped me because I've had to deal with people. I've had to deal with situations. And I think in some ways, some of it has helped me develop my skills that I'm, I'm now using for my podcast. So in a way, uh, it, it was a different uh, path for me, but there were some positive. And, and I think it did help me with my uh, uh, podcast and all that and, and being more outgoing, dealing with the public. And uh, I have to admit, Daniel, when I started my podcast, I was like, oh, this is bad. I got to keep my podcast and all my life stuff private. And then uh, one of my friends says, if you want to get recognized or people see your work, you have to take a risk and let the public see it. And that's what I've done. So I, I can relate to your story in a different way, but I, 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 I can understand where you're coming from as well. Yeah. And visible is interesting, especially when you put yourself out there with a podcast on TV and really as, as an entrepreneur, you had to put yourself out there on, on social media. That's really where, 
where a lot of people are connecting and finding you. So it's, it's for me, it's all about understanding and being very clear on who I am as a person. What is my voice? What do I stand for? And then also, what are my boundaries? What am I willing to share with people? And what am I, what do I need to, to keep private? And what do I need to maintain you know, different relationships with people? So for me, being visible is also, and find, it's finding that voice, but also finding the boundaries around that voice so that I'm not oversharing um, and, and little things like that. So it, it's, yeah, so visibility, it's interesting because it means so many different things, but it, it's also, it's needed in order to kind of put yourself out there, but really true to do the work that you want to do and you're feeling compelled to do to help others. You have to find ways to put yourself out there. And I find it was these small little things that I did over time that helped to create the confidence that allowed me to get myself out there. And then even to be on, on TV for the C-suite, I get huge fear of cameras, huge. I, I get the, the joke going into my wedding with my husband was the, the, the joke was who he would be in photos with because I hated being on camera. I did not like being on photos. I didn't think I was pretty. I smiled weird. It just, I wasn't comfortable with who I was. So I had this huge fear of being visible in the camera. The belief though, in what the C-suite could do for women, women in corporate world, women entrepreneurs, that belief was bigger than the fear. And when the belief is bigger than the fear, that's when action can happen. And it doesn't have to be a huge difference. As soon as your belief gets a little bit more than the fear and you've got the desire to do whatever it is that you do and you have this why you want to do it, then the belief is what allows you to push past that fear and take the next step, whatever that step is. Definitely. Um, you already answered my first question. So that's one thing. <laughs> I, that's the one thing I've learned too from uh, Eric Smith of the Raptors, Chuck Skorsky from the Chicago Bulls. I, I don't know how, how, how the hell I got them on my podcast, but they obviously liked my work. And uh, Eric gave me some great advice too. When I first started my show, Danielle, I was doing everything by script and that. And, and, and Eric said, it's okay to write stuff down, but talk to your guests. Like we're at a donut, a coffee shop at an arena and it makes for better conversation conversation. Absolutely. I agree with that. And I think earlier on in the, the C-suite days, I would make lots of notes. I would research my guests really well because I wanted to feel like I was prepared. But then on some time, I felt like I almost, it decreased the curiosity that I had for the guests sitting in front of me. I wanted to be able to just be very organic in conversation and to let the conversation flow and not have scripted questions. And for me, that meant not doing a lot of research and over-researching and really preparing a lot of questions because I wanted to truly be authentic in my curiosity for who they are, the work that they did, the help that they were able to provide, and to really create that platform for organic conversation. And I, I'm, I'm also lucky with this pod, podcast form too. I, if there's something I really want to ask my guest, I can, I can put it on my graphics and it's there for me. But I, I also like to try to talk to my guests like we're having a conversation at like i said outside outside or at a, a coffee shop or whatever as well so yeah yeah and i love that format too because a lot of times when you think interview you go back to a job interview where you had to sit across from the hiring manager and they're grilling you and asking you questions yeah. and your job as the interviewee is to prove why you're the best candidate for the position I know my perspective when I talk with guests, I one, I don't call them interviews. I call them conversations. Absolutely. It, it's a lot more, again, it's, so it takes the pressure off. Plus I come from the perspective and the mindset that my guests who was ever showing up, whether it was in person or on the other side of the Zoom screen for me, they're already the expert in what they do. And they're the expert in their story. There's nothing to prove. They just need to share. So that's, for me, it's not about prove to me that you're the expert in. It's like, no, you, you already are. So the pressure is off there. Just share. Share what you know. Share your expertise. Share your story. And share how you can help others. So it's this really different approach to having, again, that organic conversation. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, I uh, learn something every time I do a podcast show uh, with my guests. And I just try to apply it to each episode I do as well. And uh, people, and that's another thing you write. I don't look at it as an interview. I look at it as a, a conversation, sharing uh, that guest story with my audience. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. 
All right. Uh, my next question I wanted to ask you, um, where did you attend school again? And did you have any mentor or mentors when you were starting out? And then uh, especially when you were getting into Rogers and television? Okay. So schooling. So I, I again, I would start off with a degree in microbiology. I used that to start my career. During my career, I ended up also getting a, a B at an adult education because that's when I really started to, to wonder, and how is I, as a better leader, how can I better help my team? And it was all around, well, I can help them learn by understanding how they learn so that when I was giving presentations or training that I was able to better connect with different learning styles and communication styles. From there, I did some post-grad work as well. And really for me, like, I don't wanna say none of that helped me get into Rogers, but it was more, it created the path that took me through my career. So I'm Fortune 500 background, a man all of manufacturing, you know, food, pharma, automotive. And for me, it just became when I stepped out of, of corporate and I made the decision to, and I chose to leave, it became, I was on this journey, who I, what I want to do. And I ended up writing a book. That's the first thing I did once I, I took that and created that space because I wrote a book. Again, no, I had no idea how to write a book. Um, it was a childhood dream to do it. I had no idea. Challenged myself, you know, met the challenge and put it out. And then when it started becoming, I needed to, to, to work again, what I want to do. I looked at all my friends who were very, you know, who were successful and loved what they did. And they were entrepreneurs. And I thought, ah, oh, super easy. I, I could be an entrepreneur too. Um, but it was this interesting journey. It was being an entrepreneur that really allowed me to be successful as a, as a host and as a producer for Rogers TV. Because entrepreneurialism is all about serving and it's all the focus on your customer, your client, your audience, and how can you best serve them to bring them along the journey with you and to make sure that they are comfortable. So when I, it's interesting because it was 2017, my first actual touch and brush with broadcasting was I had this idea for a talk show. I won't say what it was, just in case, you know, it's a good idea again. But I actually submitted it to, to Rogers TV City Line. I did a treatment without even knowing a treatment. I just kind of Googled something and I submitted this, this, uh, this treatment to Rogers. And it was, they had six months to respond. They didn't respond. I said, okay, that's okay. But there was something about TV that I just found really intriguing. Again, no background is around from cameras. Doesn't make any logical sense why I would want to get into broadcasting. But for me, it became when I went back again, when I went back to corporate and had the idea for the C-suite, what I did, what I brought to hosting and producing on that show was really more from my entrepreneurial experience and the idea around how can I make it most comfortable for my guests to come into the studio and be on TV. And this is back when we were physically in the studio. And I really drew on my experience of being very camera avert and camera shy and being introverted to try and make the experience for my guests as easy as possible, as comfortable as possible. So that when they actually got in, you know, sat in the chair across from me, they were as relaxed as they could be. And we could have that very organic conversation. So for me, that, that was my journey, but it wasn't necessarily that journey, that very academic, logical, climbing the ladder journey that really brought me, that I use today in broadcasting. But it's more the fact that I love and I'm so grateful for that, that part of the journey because it brought me to entrepreneurialism where I learned those different skills that, that I bring into broadcasting today. Definitely. Now I was going to ask you about a book. How long did it take you to write a book? And was there any point where you're like, I don't think I can do this? Or were you kind of like you knew you could do it all along? <laughs> the whole time I was fighting uh, my limiting beliefs and I was resisting it. I wanted it and I was resisting it at the same time, which is an interesting um, two different emotions to be playing at the same time. But for me, it became, I think I wrote it, it took about nine, nine weeks to write. It was very organic and I didn't have a set time every day where I would write. It was more, if I felt the need, then I would write. Sometimes I would be driving down the street and I, oh, you get this idea. So what I, would, I would have to pull over to the side of the road and get out my phone and start taking notes. It took about, again, about seven to nine weeks to actually write the whole time. It, there was this fear, again, this fear of being visible, which I didn't necessarily understand at the time, was that's what was happening. I was afraid to put the story out there. 
you're sharing a piece of you, just like you on your podcast here, you're sharing a piece of yourself with the world that you can't take back. That's scary. You have to be very vulnerable and you have to have a certain level of confidence. If not confidence, courage. It starts with courage. Courage comes before confidence. But you have to have the courage to be able to really believe that you have something to say. It's a value to someone else and it can actually help someone else. And uh, one thing I've also been doing too, besides the podcast and the camera work, um, I'm also started doing uh, blog writing. I never thought I would, but my other career, I had to do reports and stuff. And I had one boss who always got on me and I always got mad at him, but he forced me to uh, do better at my report writing. And I think that has helped me now with my weekly blogs. And I figure the more I can do besides the podcast, Rogers TV stuff, do some weekly blogging. I think that would writing would be actually uh, better for me, the more skills you have and all that. Absolutely. And they're all very creative ways at expressing yourself because how you say something on camera is going to come across differently than when you write it in a blog. But they're all different mediums where you are practicing. You're sharing a little bit about yourself. You're sharing a story and you're connecting with your audience in different ways. And I love the fact that you're doing all these different elements because, again, as an adult, you know, adult education background, we all connect and we, we learn information differently. Some people are visual. So this platform right now with this video is perfect for them. The fact that you have a podcast that is great for your auditory learners and they can listen on the go. And again, and the blog that you're doing, it's very visual as well because people get to read. But then also what's neat when you're, when you're right, reading something is you get to Use your imagination to create the pictures that mm -hmm. you're describing in words, which connects with you in a very, very different way. I was going to say, and I've also, now that things have opened up at sporting events, I've been lucky enough to get some interviews with coaches, players, some wrestlers. Um, I have to, I got to share this story with you. I did interview one of the gentlemen from uh, the Buffalo Bandits at the game in Buffalo Saturday. Nice guy. His name's Griffin. But I, unfortunately, when I did the live interview with him, I, I called him by his wrong name. And I said, do you want to reshoot this? And I apologize. And he was so cool with me. And, and you know what? I, I made a, a mistake. But the, the guest was so great with me about it. And he said, no, don't reshoot it. We'll just go with it as it is. And, and mistakes do happen. And if I make a mistake, I'm the first one to fess up. Nobody's perfect. Yeah. And that's a great mindset to have because that's actually a, the whole idea around being perfect is what holds a lot of people back. And again, I work with women. It holds a lot of women back from putting themselves out there. So you have to, again, quote unquote, you have to look perfect. You have to sound perfect. So do you need to script something out? So there's this huge fear that are holding people back when at the end of the day, people are just creating authenticity. And I the idea that just show up as yourself. Definitely. And uh, like you said, I had a great experience in Buffalo this weekend uh, being a media member, courtesy of the, the Bandits radio guy, John Gookler. And uh, he set it up for me and I got to see what a media, uh, the media people do for a, a sporting event. And it was a great experience. And the only thing I would have done next time was bring my laptop. It would have been a little bit easier for me to write my blog there than do it on my uh, smartphone. So it was a learning experience and I hope to get an opportunity again. Absolutely. See, you, I love the fact you're, you're taking these experiences, you're learning what didn't work last time. Okay. But then what will happen, what will work better next time, or at least trying because there's so many people like the barrier is up there and they, it, the, the walls right there, the obstacle, it could be an obstacle or a challenge. And oh, I don't know what to do. And they stop. And that's why so many people are not achieving the goals that they want to achieve. They're not going where they want to go because when the obstacle is there, it becomes well, I, I don't know how to do this. So they just stop versus like you, what's the learning opportunity from this? And then how, what can I do the next time when this obstacle comes back up or this opportunity comes back up? Yeah, I might've been a little too excited like a can in a candy store, but everybody was great with me. And uh, I actually talked to a whole bunch of new people and made some more friendships. And I've got a, a guy that was with the Buffalo News for 25 years uh, coming on my podcast in a couple weeks. Never thought he would even talk to me or even be interested in coming on my podcast, but we seem to connect. And, and that's another thing too. I, I, I'm very fortunate. You absolutely are. And I think what's really great, what you're doing too, is the fact that you're putting yourself out there. And so often we can have this, I don't want to call it imposter syndrome, but we think, oh, someone wants to talk to me. 
Well, the fact that you're putting yourself out there and a lot of times people respect that. And it becomes, if you're putting yourself out there, then yeah, let's meet halfway and let's come on the show. And then the other end, it means it, it's exposure. It's marketing for the person on the other end. A lot of mm-hmm. times, especially because your podcast is very conversational, you get, you get to share stories. People have amazing stories that Absolutely. they want to tell, and, but not necessarily have the platform to share it on. So you get to blend all these different elements of what you do and who you are and how you want to serve others through the work that you're doing, either through your media work and with the podcast. Yeah. And this gentleman that's coming on, he's written 12 books. So I'm going to be wow. able to talk to him about his career in radio, uh, in print media, obviously the newspaper industry, which is kind of now uh, shrinking. It's now more of a digital media. And uh, just he's had a long career in sports. So and and uh and the lacrosse, that's a new sport I've picked up thanks to my podcast. And, and I love it now. So I'm learning, I'm getting some new experiences that I never really paid attention to before. And it's just changed my life. Yeah. It's amazing though, what just one decision can do. And I think there's a quote, it's, I forget who it's by. And I think the quote is you're one decision away from either the rest of your life or changing your life. And just, it's one decision. It's saying yes to an opportunity when your body is screaming, no, because it's different. It's going to mean change, but pushing past that and saying yes. And all of a sudden, these all these, look at all these other doors that have opened up for you because you said yes to being that camera operator that night at the Nighthawks game. Definitely. And I have had some rejections on my podcast too, but I do not take it personally. There's no sour grape notes or anything like that. What I do is I keep using that, rejection is a, a positive thing to keep improving and to keep motivating myself like Tom Brady. I, I'm, I'm not sure you're a big fan of uh, football or, or Tom Brady, but he was rejected kind of when he got into the NFL, he was like a six round pick last overall. And he used that motivation to, even to this day. So when I do get turned down, I don't take it personally. I just use it to keep motivating myself to improve and do better. And, and it seems to be working. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it, there's a, the other piece too around rejection is sometimes it, it's it's not a no, it's just a no, not right now. Mm-hmm. And you hear lots of stories of how people just, I think I was watching it, it was a documentary on Netflix and it had Jimmy Iovine, so from, from the, um, the music producer. And he got on the phone every day with someone for about a year, a little over a year and a half to sign an artist every single day. So he was persistent. So I fully believe that when you truly want something and you're clear on what it is that you want, you will be persistent and continually charging forward and going towards what it is that you want. And if that door is not opening, sometimes, yeah, you can go and open, you can go look for other doors that are open. But if you really, really want something, sometimes the persistence and the will and the focus to keep going after what it is that you want that is what will get you to really where you want to go because a lot of people just give up and then you're doing the one thing that so many other people haven't done you're continuing on the path so i think it's, it's really important about that Absolutely. And then there's sometimes where I email a guest and it takes them two, three months to get back to me. And they're like, we'd love to come on your podcast after I've kind of like, ah, okay, I've not heard from them. And that's it. Cause I'm not pushy about it. I don't bug people. I, I, I inform them who I am and what I'm doing. And then I let them get back to me. And sometimes yeah, it might take a guest two or three months and then they get back to me. It's like uh, Paul Jones from the Raptors is like, I apologize for not getting back to you sooner. And, and now I'm going to have him come on next week. And I've had a guy from the Chicago Bulls. I uh, took both three and a half, four months to hear from him. And uh, he actually came on my show a few months ago too. So like I said, sometimes you have to be patient too. Yes. Sometimes patient. And I fully believe in the follow-up as well. I remember mm-hmm. when I was producing the C-suite and hosting it because you get so many emails and it's not because I don't want to respond. Sometimes they get lost. So I know Absolutely. I, as a producer, I appreciated the email follow-up. Because one, then your email got put back to the stop, you know, the, the top of your inbox. Yeah. Yeah. And two, again, it's not because I didn't want to respond. It's just it got lost. And so I appreciate reminders and follow-ups. Definitely. Okay. Are you still good for a little more time? I am. Yes. I can't believe it's been half an hour already. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's a good thing if it goes by quick. Yes. So that's good. Um, I was going to say, can you tell my audience a little bit about being a mindset coach and a visibility consultant for women 40 plus? And what do you enjoy about being a coach and a consultant? 
Oh boy. What I enjoy the most is just being able to support women who have these dreams. They have, they have, they're not where they want to be in their career or their business right now, but they have this vision of where they want to be. And they just need help and support to go from where they are to where they want to be. And they understand that mindset or how we think is their block between making those changes. I love that part of it. And because it's amazing, it's not just as women are, are, are changing, they're changing how they're thinking and how they're feeling about themselves. And when the results start coming in, it's, it's the confidence that they're getting as they start to explore who they are. And they really start to see and understand that their potential is limitless. What they've been doing in their careers to this point has now set them up for them to leap off and really start exploring and doing things that they never thought was possible before, that they only imagined. And it, it, this belief that they have in themselves to be able to do that, it's just, it's amazing to see and the confidence that they have and then the results that they're achieving and the excitement when they get it, when they're excited to get up every day and go do what they do. That's where I just feel so proud of being able to support them through that process. So for me, like for mindset, and a lot of people are like, oh, mindset, what, what is that? It just really comes down to really being much more aware of your thinking and how you're thinking, your current thinking today is creating the results that you have today. If you don't like the results that you have, it's beautiful to know that you have the power and the power is within you to choose to change the results. To do that, you have to change your thinking. What sounds easy, oh, I'll just change what I'm thinking. But the problem is we, we've been thinking, I'm in my mid-ish 40s. I've been thinking a certain way for mid-ish 40 years. So to change how I've been thinking, like that's the process. And that's where a coach comes in is to help you give the tools and the support to change the thinking from potentially the negative, from the negative beliefs, to be much more open, to be much more courageous, to be much more willing to connect with what it is that you want and get clarity on what it is that you want and be honest with yourself around what it is that you truly want to do for that purpose, for that sense of fulfillment. And then how do you take you know, one step at a time to get there and, and really enjoy that journey along the way? Absolutely. And, and mindset. And uh, with Rogers TV, all the guys are telling me how positive it is. And I'm, I'm a totally different person uh, from doing my Rogers TV experience uh, than I have been in a long time. And that's the way I like. I want to be happy. I like having a good attitude and having and, and it, well, I'm kind of rambling on, but just making these changes in my life has changed my attitude and my outlook. Absolutely. And when you're doing something that you love to do, again, when I get on, on camera, again, I'm an introvert. So for anyone watching, so oh, I can't get on camera. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. That's me. I am naturally shy, introverted. I much prefer to be by myself with my cup of coffee or my glass of wine. But really doing the show, doing podcasts like this, it's not about me. This is just the conduit and the vehicle for me to help others. I can't help others achieve the goals, achieve their dreams, to remove challenges, to stop suffering, to reduce the overwhelm if I don't put myself out there. Definitely. So that's the price I have to pay is that other women are feeling better about themselves. They have more time. They have more money. They have more freedom. Then that's what I need to do. And I'm okay with that. And I feel absolutely alive being able to do that. I was going to say, I want to share another quick story with you. Um, yeah. The first four years of my life, which I was born in the early 70s, obviously, uh, my mom was always telling me I never would talk at all. They thought I was maybe deaf. I wouldn't talk at all. And now, 46 years later, my mom goes, we can't get you to shut up. <laughs> so I've I've quite, I've, I've changed over the over the over the, the decades, obviously, from a shy, uh, quiet person to now more outgoing and uh, talkative. Yeah, the thing because you you've discovered who you are in your voice, and so you're showing up differently, and you're using that voice because you're seeing there's this power to it, and you're feeling fulfilled by using it as well. I suspect. Yes, I have to admit it, it's yeah. still hard when I, I always like to listen to my podcast after, and there's still times where I was like, I don't like my voice, but eventually I'm 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 getting more comfortable with it. And other guys in the industry have told me that too. At first, when they broke into it, they didn't like the sound of their voice, but over time, then they they started getting more comfortable with it. Absolutely, it's odd to hear your own voice. 
I do voice recording. So I, I have affirmations that I record into my phone and I listen to and different gratitude statements. And so I'll listen to myself. And when I first started doing this, yeah, it was it was weird because you think, is that is that me? Is that how I really sound? Now it's it's much more natural and I'm used to it. However, at the beginning, just like you, it was very odd, odd to listen to myself. And when I started doing TV, to watch yourself, to watch yourself back on TV. And you think, oh my gosh, I use my hands too much or I blink too much <laughs> or whatever it is. It's hard, but you, it, you get more natural and you get more used to it. And at the end of the day, for some things, I just don't care anymore because this yes. is me. This is how I'm showing up. I'm going to do what I can do to work on what it is I feel I need to work on. At the end of the day, this is who I am. And I need to show up as me because I want to be as open to my audience as I can be. So I have to show up as me. Okay. Are you still okay for a few more minutes? I wanted to show you a little yes. video clip and just a couple more questions. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. One second. This is a great thing about StreamYard. Have you been on StreamYard before? I have. Yes, I like StreamYard. You are a failure. Can you hear that and see I've that okay? Multiple conversations over the last couple of days with women around this inability or this fear to you know, put in place the changes and make the changes that women want to see in their careers or businesses. They're afraid of making the change. And one of the biggest fears that are driving this inability to implement change is a fear of failure. They don't want to be seen as failing. At a deeper level though, there's it's not about failing, it's about being seen as a failure. And failing something does not mean that you are a failure. Failing means that you tried something. You took a risk, you believed in yourself, you believed in something bigger, that you had an idea in your imagination and you went after it. Failing does not mean that you didn't achieve something, it means you went after something. And so you didn't achieve the expected results. That's what failing means. And if you have truly failed, that you will know that there is priceless learnings that comes from failing. I failed putting my business out the first time. Absolutely. I share that. I am a second time around entrepreneur. It's the failures that I had though in, in trying to create and grow a business the first time that has allowed me to be successful this time around. I'm going to share with you the three learnings, the three biggest failures that I had the first time around. I didn't ask for help. So when it comes to making the changes that you want to see in your career business, ask for help. And don't just ask for help, ask for help early and ask for help often. Another you know, failure I did around is I used to sit and visualize. You're always here about, oh, you should visualize the end result, what your business would be. I did a lot of that. I got stuck though in the visualization. Visualizing and sitting in that and feeling that final, achieving that goal is great. You can't get stuck in that. There has to be action. Sitting and visualizing is great. It doesn't get the job done though. You have to put in the actions and take the steps in order to keep moving towards that angle that you visualize. The third failure that I had around when I was doing my business the first time was I wasn't accountable to anybody. I was so afraid to spend money to grow the business. Um, I was afraid to spend the money because I wasn't making the money or I was spending money in all the wrong places. And what I was not doing, I wasn't being held accountable to anybody but myself. And I learned I need to be accountable to others. So be accountable to somebody else. Send the money or have a trusted friend or mentor who is going to hold you accountable. So when it comes to, if you fear failing, learn from my mistakes around again, what you can do and ask for help early and often, take action and be accountable. Find someone that you can be accountable to. Again, failing does not mean that you're a failure. It just means that you tried something, you believed in yourself and that's something bigger. It means you did something that you've never done before. And instead of feeling bad about it, feel good at what you did. You took probably a risk and a step that 
others wouldn't take, but you did it. And congratulations for you. You'll see the learnings that are there in your failures. And when you go to try and implement the change again, learn from those failures. And I can guarantee you, when you try to make those changes again and do something again, it will be different. I look forward to having another conversation with you real soon. Anyways, thank you for letting me share that clip. And I that kind of hit home. That's not just for uh, women. That's for everybody, your advice. Yeah, yeah. And we have this, again, this fear of failure. But, and we'll move. And, and for me, because I, I come from that place where, oh my gosh, from textbook, I failed. But, oh my gosh, I'm so glad. And you look back, like, I'm so glad I failed. Because it, if I didn't fail in my business the first time, I would not have stepped back into corporate. If I didn't step back into corporate, I would not have had the idea for the C-suite. If I didn't have those failures and, and that passion and the desire to not want other women to fail, I would never have pitched it, let alone hosted the show. Looking back, I am so grateful for the failure, failures that I have had in my life, in my career, because they've I've learned from them. And when I learn from them, I've created my greatest successes. And I've had more fun. I've had more success faster. It's been easier. And I've just felt so much better about what it is that I was doing. To me, the true failure in life is not ever trying anything. And that's, to me, the failing is also a, a learning experience. But there's so many people, and I'm guilty of this in my past too, of not trying to change or trying to grow as a person. And, and to me, there's... That's how I look at it. Yeah. And you have to want. So to grow as a person or change, you have to in order to even start creating and getting a little bit of permanency. You have to want it. The only prerequisite to pursuing what it is that you want, achieving the goal that you want, is your desire to want it. That's the only prerequisite. You have to want something, though. Yes. That's why so absolutely. often sometimes people do programs yeah. and nothing happens. Yeah. You have to be ready and you have to want to make the change in your, in your life right now. And you have to also look at fear and see fear for what it also means, which is growth. So when you're Absolutely. coming up and you're afraid, it means you're going to grow apart from any safety issues. It yeah. means growth. Absolutely. And another little story I wanted to share with you before the Nighthawks experience uh, was it February, 2019. I went to New York city before the pandemic and I had a blast in New York city and I went to the NBC studios and uh, they actually had a, a little five minute video skip uh, of uh, Jimmy Fallon. They had the, the stage and all that there and they were going to record it. And uh, there was people there in the group with me. And the one guy goes, who wants to be the TV host like Jimmy Fallon for this five minute skit? Nobody volunteered. So I put my hand up. I said, oh, the hell with it. And I did it. And I loved it. I still got the video skit on my wow. Instagram page. And um, it was like a real NBC production. And I actually liked it. So I think that experience with uh, NBC Studio kind of gave me a little bit of taste just before I did the Nighthawks game. Interesting. When you look back, sometimes you don't realize the journey that you're on and how things are, why, why are you having certain, certain experiences and why you're doing what you're doing. But when you look back, sometimes that's when the dots connect is when you look back, you're like, oh, that yeah. I needed to have that experience in order to get here today in order to be passionate about what I want to do, in order to have more motivation. It's hard when you're in the moment though, in the present to understand why things are happening sometimes. Yeah. But once you move past and you look back, you realize, okay, this yeah, is it was, a, it was a five minute skit and I liked sitting down on the desk and I had another guest. It was like a real life uh, uh, light, night cool. show and I loved it. And I loved being behind the camera, seeing the teleprompter. And that's kind of actually my first taste of it before the Nighthawks game. But I didn't think much of it, but I guess that kind of did uh, spark my passion a little bit. Planted the seed. All you need to do is plant seeds. Definitely. Okay, I uh, just got a couple quick other questions for you. Sure. Um, what is your experience? You, you ended up answering one part of the question, but what was your experience like being with, with Rogers TV and working with producers such as uh, Carla Fitzsimmons, who I've had on here as before? Absolutely. So I worked with Carla and Neil, uh, Neil White. So I, amazing, amazing. What I love about working at Rogers TV is the fact that the producers are willing to 
help you, help you learn, support you. I would, especially, I didn't have any background. So I had these ideas and sometimes I would pitch something to Neil when we were doing the C-suite. Like, what do you think about this? He's like, yeah, let's try it. Let's try it. You don't know what necessarily you could do um, when, unless, you, unless you start trying different things. So it, they've always been wonderful, both Carla and Neil have been wonderful in supporting me doing this, learning how to do it, providing feedback, providing guidance, and making the whole experience a lot of fun. Again, just, it's just, it's been this incredible, incredible journey. It's only been a couple of years, but it feels like a lifetime. It feels like I've been doing this a lifetime and I hope to be doing it for a lot longer. I was going to say, I haven't worked with Carla on a production yet, but with Neil, he was very patient with me. And what I didn't know, he would explain to me or have somebody show me. And that's the biggest thing. I have so much respect for a producer because you're basically like a quarterback is in football. You have to be good and know every aspect of a production crew from camera operators to graphics to audios. And then when you have new people in that have no broadcasting experience like myself, uh, he was so patient with me and, 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 and he, helped me develop my confidence and he put me on one of the cameras a handheld camera i'm like oh my god i can't do this but he obviously trusted me enough to put me on there and uh i love doing it yeah yeah you never know if you don't try and it's just it's it's been a great experience again lots of learning and like i said yeah they, they share they're coming from this place of service and how can we put out great programming for our viewing audience that's going to connect with them in a really unique way. So it's been, it's been fantastic. Definitely. Just got two last quick questions. For okay. You. Okay. This one's a fun question. I do this with all my guests. Do you have any, <laughs> do you have any uh, hobbies, favorite music, movies, sports teams, if you're interested in sports and places you oh. enjoy traveling to? Hobbies, favorite music. Oh, when it comes to music, I'm really, I think I like to think a little bit, because oh, I love everything from classical meditation music all the way to honestly 80s heavy metal and rock <laughs> like Aerosmith, Def Leppard, definitely on my life playbacks. I love that kind of stuff. Uh, hobbies. Oh my goodness. For me, it just being on TV is, is a hobby and doing things like that. Just I, I do a little bit of writing, but I just I like to read and just hang out with friends. That's that's a hobby. Favorite movie, sports teams. So I have to say, I, I'm a hockey. I'm a hockey fan. I, I have a son who played hockey, so I'm a big hockey fan. I'm not necessarily a fan of any one team, although I have to share when I watch hockey on TV. If I'm not watching a Leaf game, it seems odd. If I'm not what, whether they're at home or away, it just feels odd to be watching a hockey game that's not a Leaf game. Um, and places I enjoy traveling to. Oh, geez, because we haven't been able to travel for the last couple of years, but I could share some places on my bucket list is I would love to go to Iceland. I'd love to go to France mm. and I would love to go back to Italy. Okay. And for me, I was just so happy to go back to the States last week. Um, <laughs> for the first time in two and a half years. And it's just, it was, it felt nice to be because the Buffalo area, I spent a lot of time in and uh, it was great. And I would like to go to California. I was hoping to do that for my 50th birthday, but I think I'm going to just wait a little bit longer and uh, just focus on what I'm doing right now. But it is nice to be able to get out and travel again and, and drive to another country. I haven't even been on an airplane yet. I admit this. I have never been on an airplane. So I, I, no. I should try it once in my life. What are you going to learn? Where do you, want, is it, you have to want it, though. Find some place you really want to go. So it could be California. You could drive there or you could take a plane. Either California or Hawaii. That's one of oh. the places I want to go to. But Hawaii, obviously, you can't drive there. So that's something I'd have to go on a plane. But California and Hawaii are the two places I would like to go to. Nice. Nice. So. Sunny. Definitely. And I'm just going to wrap this up with a last, a last question for you, Danielle. Um, any advice for those looking to switch careers at any age, male or female? And where can my audience find you again on social media and your website? And where can they look at buying your book online as well? Oh, wow. Okay. So we will look at the switching careers at any age. So my advice about that is at any age, whenever you're switching careers or you're looking to do something different, be very clear on exactly what you want. So what, and really what I love to do is I like to tell clients suspend reality. So take money out of the factor, location, geography, everything out. What do you want? Get very, very clear on that. 
It's an easy question to ask. It can be very challenging to answer because typically we have not given ourselves the time, the space, or even to be vulnerable to ourselves to truly answer that question. Sometimes to answer what it is that you want, it's easier to start with what you don't want. So what don't you want that you already currently have? And then flip it around and understand what it is that you do want. And then I almost have like an emotional connection to what you want. So why do you want what it is that you're looking for? And there's no wrong reasons for it, but there needs to be this desire towards what it is you want. And that desire will help to motivate you. It'll help you pick you up and be persistent and have some grit when it seems like obstacles keep popping up your way. The doors aren't opening, but having that clarity around what you want and having some sort of like, again, that burning desire to achieve that, that's what will keep you going. And also to help you take what may look like illogical steps in order to get where you want to go. Absolutely. I can relate to that. Beautiful. Okay. And so where can you find me? So social media, you can find me on my website, daniellejaworski.com, social media, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook as well. I play on LinkedIn the most than Instagram. So Instagram, you can find me at Danielle H. Jaworski. Same with Facebook, Danielle H. Jaworski, and LinkedIn, just Danielle Jaworski. And you asked about my book. I'm not currently selling my book. I feel like that was such, it seemed like a lifetime ago that I, I wrote the book and I published it. Yeah, I don't personally sell it anymore, but it is definitely something that I've been thinking about either republishing or doing something different and coming out with a new book. It's been a few years since that first one, a lot more stories. So I think there's another book that kind of wants to come out. Okay. I noticed in your background, um, in all your backgrounds on your videos or your photos, you have uh, high heel shoes in the background. What's the story <laughs> behind that? So there's a few, there's a few stories. Um, the one story that I'll share, there's about three, but I'll share the one. The one is when I was about seven years old, my mom did a, a, a magazine quiz in, in a woman's magazine that said at my age of seven, my projected height was, was going to be five, six. I grew up thinking that I would finish growing at five, six. I topped out at five, four. The shoes for me are a symbol that with the shoes, I can be five, four. I can be five, six, five, seven, five, eight. I can be, a, I can meet that goal that I thought I would achieve. Um, and, 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 uh, and go beyond. It's also a symbol for me of there's always more than one way to reach a goal. There's the logical way, like, nature giving me the height of five, six, or there is the creative or illogical way to also get to the same place. So even though nature didn't give me the height, the shoes helped me get to that goal and, and overachieve on it. Okay. Cause I always do that with my guests because all my guests seem to have something unique in their background. And I always, I am, I'm a curious person. So I just wanted to ask you the story behind that. So yeah, there you go. That's one of the stories. Okay. I probably kept you longer than the 40, 45 minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> I love to talk That's and ask okay. questions. But I was going to say, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on live with CDP podcast, uh, season three, episode 34. And uh, I would love to have you come back on again in, in the future as a guest as well. Absolutely. If you want, just, just ask them. I'm here. So thank you so much for this opportunity, Chris. I really appreciate it. Okay. And later tonight, I will download the podcast to um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and all that as well. And I'll, I'll send you links to the audio version as well as the uh, online version as well. But again, it was great speaking with you. And uh, it's nice to befriend you as well. And hopefully Absolutely. I'll... And hopefully I'll be able to, to, to get Carla and yourself your uh, chocolates at some Her point. Chocolates. Yay. Yes. Well, just set that up to meet in person. <laughs> De definitely for sure. We'll set that up. Usually Fridays are my uh, days off, Fridays and Saturdays. So, um, yeah, that would be great as well. I'm going to let you go because I love to talk a lot. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. And we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media. Absolutely. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Goodbye, Thanks everybody lot. else. Thank Thanks, you for listening Danielle. and watching. Thanks, Danielle. Good night. Wow.
Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast today with Daniel Jaworski. She's a mindset coach, visibility consultant for women 40 plus. She's also the host of the C-Suite and in studio on Rogers TV 20 in the Guelph, Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo area as well. And you guys can check out her website at danieljaworski.com. She's also on Instagram as well. And also you guys can follow her on uh, Twitter at DA Jaworski. And she's also on LinkedIn as well. So uh, really great guest to have on today. I uh, love hearing stories like hers, which keeps me motivated that you can switch careers later in life. It's never too late. So anyways, I hope you guys can check her out. And also, if anybody's interested in volunteering uh, with Rogers TV, check out rogerstv.com. There's a volunteer section on there. And it's really changed my life. Uh, it's been a positive experience. And uh, they've been really patient with me. And uh have helped me develop my self-confidence uh, behind the camera. And I'm seeing another perspective. I'm not just doing the podcasting part, which is uh, obviously live in, uh, in audio, like a radio station and TV station, but seeing a live broadcast being done with the Gulf Storm games too. And I can't wait to get back to the crew in September for the Gulf Storm preseason games as well. Speaking of the OHL, uh, we have uh they're down to the final eight um, in the uh, Eastern Conference. You got Hamilton versus Mississauga, and you got North Bay and Kingston in the Eastern Conference. In the West, you got the Kitchener Rangers, the number seven seed, who upset the London Knights last night, 4-3 in overtime at Budweiser Gardens. So Kitchener, the number seven seed, will take on Windsor, number two seed. And then you've got the uh, Sioux Greyhounds, who defeated the Storm in five games, taking on the Flint Firebirds who actually won their first ever uh, playoff round since being in Flint since 2015. So I'm looking forward to those uh, matchups starting this weekend as well. I'm still predicting the Hamilton Bulldogs and the Windsor Spitfires to meet for the OHL Championship, but I'm so happy for the Kitchener Rangers and their fans. They haven't had a lot of success since 2008, and uh, Mike Farwell's call last night with the game-winning goal in overtime uh, was priceless. Mike Farwell's been on my uh, podcast a couple times. Really good guy, so I'm happy for the Kitchener Rangers, and uh, we'll see what happens. Anything can happen in playoffs. So uh, before I get going, guys, just going to let you know the National Lacrosse League playoffs begin this weekend. Uh, Friday, May 6th, you got Halifax at Toronto. You got uh, May 7th, Saturday, Albany at Buffalo. Then you got Colorado at Calgary. And then you got Philadelphia, uh, the wild card crossover team, taking on San Diego as well. And I'm hoping to get some guests again on for the National Lacrosse League. Please check out the TSN Game of the week uh, this Friday night at 7.30 with Pat Gregor, one of my friends, uh, Ashley Docking, and John Abbott. They do a great job on the TSN Game of the Week. And then Saturday night, I'm going to check out tsn.ca and watch the online streaming uh, of the Bandits and the Albany Firewolves as well. Speaking of that, guys, just before I wrap up my show, uh, the next live with CDP podcast uh, Saturday, May 7th at 9 a.m. My guest is going to be Ashley Miller. She's a sports reporter anchor with WNYT News Channel 13 in Albany, New York. And she's also a sideline reporter for the National Cross League. She's going to come on and talk about her career and also uh, preview uh, the matchup between the 9 and 9 Albany Firewolves and the 14 and 4 Buffalo Bandits Saturday night at 730 at the Key Bank Center. And this thing with this National League uh, lacrosse league champ chase for the championship 2022 uh it the first round is win or go home so it's a one game series if uh buffalo has a bad game they're eliminated and they're done for the year so uh it's going to be exciting because this first round is the best of one the second round is best of three and then the uh, championship for the national lacrosse league the third round is the best of three so you really cannot afford to have a bad game or an off game in these uh, lacrosse playoffs so please check out tsn's game of the week this week on tsn at 7 30 with uh halifax visiting toronto again my friend pat gregor uh, is a color analyst and works alongside john abbott and ashley docking who's the uh sideline reporter it's a great sport the fans are great i love my experience in buffalo at the key bank center thanks to john googler and alia clements and uh, i i hope to go to some more lacrosse games in the future as well and also guys you can check out the national lacrosse league uh slash schedule and that's get the playoff broadcast schedule there as well 
And uh, before I wrap up my podcast, guys, I do this for all my podcast shows. Uh, after each show, a live, live with CDP podcast, the audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn as well. And also, you guys can follow me on TikTok at Live with CDP. It's never, you're never too old to go on TikTok. And, uh, it's been a great experience and I promote my uh, podcast and my uh, live interviews on TikTok. So I live with CDP podcast as well. And also guys, if you're interested in live with CDP merchandise, podcast shirts are 15 coffee mugs are 15 and my new podcast hats, podcast hats are $18. If you're interested, my friend Laura does a great job with my shirts and my hats and my mugs as well. So if you're interested in that as well, and I think I'm pretty well going to wrap this show up. But again, I want to say thank you to my guest, Daniel Jaworski, for coming on. And please check her out on Rogers TV uh, with the C-Suite in, um, in studio. And I want to say special thanks to Carla, who I really like as well. She's a great person. She's been on my podcast. And Neil White, too. Uh, really super good guy. Uh, he has poor taste in uh, football teams in the Miami Dolphins and the Ottawa Red Blacks. But that's okay, too. But uh, anyways, uh, guys, I'm going to wrap up my podcast show, but I hope you guys can all come in and, and tune in. It's a Saturday morning special at 9 a.m. again with Ashley Miller uh, from uh, WNYT News Channel 13 in Albany, New York. Talk about her career and uh, talk some National Lacrosse League in the previous Albany uh, Firewolves against the Buffalo Bandits game. I'm really excited uh, for this weekend. So, again, guys, I want to say thank you, everybody watching on my YouTube channel. If you haven't hit the subscribe notification, please do. And thank you to everybody watching this on Facebook Live and Twitter. So, uh, I hope everybody has a great night. Enjoy the Major League Baseball games. Enjoy the uh, NBA playoffs as well. It's a great time of the year for sports. So uh, I hope everybody has a great night. Thank you so much for watching and listening to Live with CDP Podcast Season 3, Episode 34. And we'll see you guys Saturday morning, 9 a.m. with Ashley Miller on Live with CDP Podcast. Have a great evening, guys, and we'll talk to you Saturday morning. We'll